All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you. Another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Hope you guys are having a great morning wherever you are. I hope it's going to be a good one. I got a busy day ahead of me over here in central Mississippi. I've got to knock out some stuff with my uh, my oldest here in a little bit, headed to headed to uh, to see a doctor with him here in a, in a little bit in Hattiesburg. Of course, you know my my oldest Connor's pitching at um at Jones. We're going to go uh take care of him this morning and then uh then it's a Friday high school football Friday for that matter. So I'll be kind of all over the place today. Tonight, I'm not sure where I'm going yet. I'm still looking. There's some big games here in the metro area, and I'm, I'm always kind of balancing. Do I go to some big games here in this area? Am I going to try and track down some recruits and go and do that? Which last weekend, you know, I had the opportunity to knock out a ton of those. Several of the kids that are visiting this weekend, I got to see Jeremy Scott and, of course, Aiden Williams. Matched up last week. I'll have more on that. And then Trey Petty, Braylon Burnside from Starkville. And um, might not do that tonight. I'm going to see exactly what's in this area. Like there's a big game here locally. MRA is, is playing Jackson Prep. And on a high school level, that's a, that's a huge game. So I might get out there to that. But look, a lot to get to today. A lot to get to. We're going to get to some recruiting. We're going to get to the Kentucky game. What's going on there? Maybe a little bit on some NIL stuff. Of course, you have the big press conference going on today uh, that we got into yesterday, announcing some of the changes that are coming. And, uh, you know, the Walker Jones news had gotten out there earlier this week that he was taking over as, um, I say, I should not say taking over, or maybe I should. Point is, they'll have somebody that's full-time in that position that everybody is on board with from the coaching staff to, I mean, and that's just Lane Kiffin to, you know, donors to people that are part of NIL and all of those things. That's a, that's a really good hire. I'm happy they were able to get that done, but there's more that will be coming out of that meeting today. And, and you guys will get the, the info from that later, but that's positive development that's headed in the right direction. Uh, if you want to celebrate a national day today, it's a terrible day. There's nothing that applies to you guys. It's a chewing gum day for whatever that's worth. But this one bothers me. It's an orange shirt day. The worst color in all of college football, I would argue, is orange. Cannot stand it. When Tennessee does that deal, you know, especially if occasionally you'll see a coach that decides to go head to toe orange, it's not good, man. Like, not good. That might be my least favorite. Purple is up there. For me, purple is that it's up there. It'd be one of the two. Not good looks. Not good looks. But you can celebrate Orange Shirt Day if you want to. All right. Now, what do we want to knock out here? Uh, let's start with um, with a little bit on the recruiting front. There will be some big names that are coming in this weekend, and like I already mentioned, several of those guys I got a chance to see you know last week. I think the two kids from Starkville coming in are big. You know, Braylon Burnside has a chance to be a big-time wide receiver prospect, and he already is that as he's a borderline top 100 guy now, according to our 247 composite rankings. And look, from seeing Braylon play, I'll I'll throw up some pictures of him and Trey today. Um, some of you can let me know what you think of that. I know for some of you, 
It's just a different vantage point. I don't see a lot of guys out doing that on Friday nights. And uh, seeing those guys up close and personal, it's different than just watching a huddle field. But Braylon is going to be a big wide receiver prospect, and Ole Miss is, is definitely in the thick of it with him. That's a, that's a talented kid, six foot one. I would guess he's in the ballpark of 190 pounds right now, 190 plus, but big physical guy who has a chance to be a, a really good player. And then I think Trey Petty's under rank. From what I saw last week, Trey's about 6'1", 190. Dual athlete guy, his arm is better than I think he's he's been given credit. I thought he threw the ball really well last week in a tough loss to Madison Central. But if you were at that game, like they got destroyed up front. Like that kid was running for his life most of the whole game. And I thought he played well. So um, they're back in this area too tonight. They play at Clinton. So you get guys like that on campus. Jeremy Scott showed out. You know, had a couple of long catches against Ridgeland last week. Uh, went over 100 yards on just a couple of catches and you know, was a difference maker for them. And that's just a junior. Now, that's a different kind of wideout. You have Burnside on one side of it, and then you have Jeremy Scott, who's pushing 6'4", and that's legit. I mean, he's going to definitely push right at 6'3", and then you know he's getting into that 6'4 territory. He's had a chance to stand next to him, and he you can tell he's filled out. So another quality player. And then you start looking at the Picayune guys that are coming to campus, you know, and I mentioned earlier this week, I do think Dante Dowdell, at least right now, the visit for him to come up is, is coming up to, to be with his boys, you know, his Picayune friends. And you can understand that, but it really doesn't matter why he's there. I know he did like Ole Miss a lot. They were a solid number two when he made that Oregon pick, but you get him on campus with his, with his friends, with his people, you know, family, and then you're starting to try to change his minds, what you're working on there. And uh, that's a big deal that they're on campus. Chris Davis is part of that crew. A talented 24 athletes. So now we're talking about three guys in that athlete mold. A couple of wideouts, and Chris Davis kind of does everything right now for Picayune. I'm going to assume that they're bringing him for the offensive side of the ball because that's where I see everybody talking to him. But I still hear from people that he could be a defensive back and could be a really good one. Um, and then, of course, Ole Miss offered uh, Waller, a talented defensive end, also in that 24 class. Was that this week or last week? I can't remember. But uh, but that kid has a chance. Piling up tackles, athletic, fast. He's he's in a similar mold to like um, to Kyrie Coleman right now that we're waiting to come back off injury and could could do that type of a job. You know, he's that kind of athlete, that kind of size and these players are never perfect matches when you do those comps but he's in that mold and then Aiden Williams is coming up this weekend also those are the guys I know of from from Mississippi um congratulations to Aiden if you see him I don't know why you'd bump into him but homecoming king at Richland High School so um those guys are all on campus and then there's some more because you're going to bring some big name guys in on a weekend when you have this many people. I imagine Oxford is just slam packed right now. And tomorrow's atmosphere will be, you know, as, as, about as good as you're going to get all year. That's a big game. If you can get past that Kentucky game, this thing lays out for you, man. Like eight wins are just sitting there. They're just sitting there. They're they're asking to be won. Not that these aren't tough matchups and you look beyond Kentucky, but you can easily see it sitting there and what could happen. You know, if Ole Miss goes on any kind of a run here. Um, 
as far as the game is concerned and as far as who I expect to play, I think all these names that we're throwing around right now in, the, in terms of injuries or who's going to play and who's not, I think all of these guys you're going to see on the field except for Bentley. And uh, and I I would be shocked if several of these guys not only play, but they play really well. Like I think Zach Evans is ready to go. And then you've got your one-two punch there with Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins. Here the same on the defensive guys. I think you'll see those guys out there, the ones that we've been that missed last week and coming back for this week. I think they're in good shape there. Um, Bentley's a different story. You're you're waiting on him to get well and come back and and be that third guy. And look, you're like you're a snap away from needing a guy because they like to do the rotation and keep a couple of guys fresh, and you see how quickly that changes. So hopefully they'll get him back. But I do think that you'll see uh, you'll see all those guys on the field and ready to go. Now, if you've been following the lines and the breakdown of these games and and all of those things, okay? And you know, I saw this on social media yesterday. Everybody's talking about you know Kentucky's quarterback and what they've been willing to do. Look, if you really dive into this thing if we were going to get into what's the expected outcome here in the numbers, look, all of these numbers are going pretty heavy for Ole Miss. If we're just talking analytics, you know, if you don't do the eyeball test, you just go about by what's on the paper, you know, what kind of seasons the teams have had, who's played well, who hasn't all of those things, you know, Kentucky comes in here with an incredibly high ranking. And with, look, they're in a similar place that Ole Miss is in. You know, Kentucky has, except for Kentucky, they have not been able to get over the hurdle of getting to a Sugar Bowl. You know, Alabama's been sitting there, so you can almost, you can cross off the West, right? You just cross it off from the start of the season, almost. We'll see what happens in that game later this year. But then let's say we throw them out after that. Ole Miss has been able to not do it once, but put together a couple of times seasons that got them in the Sugar Bowl. Kentucky has not been able to do that. So for them, it's an opportunity to go on the road to beat, you know, another top 10 team, just like they are, like Ole Miss is sitting here looking at this game and chomping at the bit for a chance to beat a highly ranked team to vault up a few more spots. You know, same as on the inverse. Kentucky's sitting there looking at Ole Miss in the same way. But whenever you break the numbers down on this thing, they heavy favor Ole Miss. Now, you can agree with that or you could not agree with that. You know, I've looked at several of these different sites, and, you know, you don't even have to really go into the money end of it and go down the road of, you know, where the money's coming from and what Vegas says and all of that. Ole Miss is a solid touchdown favorite in the game. You know, I think they're going to play well. I think you'll see Jackson Dart come out and play well. I think you'll see them able to run the football. Um, the only thing that was concerning coming out of that last game with Tulsa to me was the offensive line play. That was not what I thought it would be, wasn't what I thought it, sh- it should be. Um, they shouldn't struggle like that against Tulsa. But at the same time, look, I don't know if we've really talked about this, at least not on the podcast, but you guys, I know I see you're talking about on the board. We haven't been in a situation all year in which you really had to open up the playbook and dial some things up 
to create big plays have not had had that happen yet. So I'm looking at it from this standpoint in the ways that they're using Michael Trigg, you know, and some of what, even in the run game, but I would say, especially with Trigg, there's a lot of things I've seen them do with tight ends in the past and have a lot of success in Lane Kiffin's first couple of years. They haven't done a whole lot of that this year in terms of the patterns and, and where they've been able to get Trigg the football. Uh, I don't think they've done anything really. They've gone out there, played just vanilla football. Here's our guys against your guys, and that's it. And they've been able to win doing it. So then you'll see this this weekend, Saturday, you'll see what I would expect to be one of the best play call games of the year. And look, maybe I'm making too much of that, but when you haven't played an opponent like that, now we're four weeks into this thing. Okay, so we're sitting here 4-0, and we haven't had to do that. So you're still sitting on stuff from the offseason that you really like, you know? So not only are you week-to-week game planning, oh, look, look what they do here. We can run this play. Look what they do here. We, sh- we should be able to do this. We're talking about offseason stuff too. You know, things that maybe they really like that they have not introduced before. And now you're a month into this thing, still haven't been pressed to do any of it. I would expect this to be one of the best coached and one of the best called games of the year. And if it doesn't pan out like that, you know, if the Kentucky defense is better than I'm giving it credit, then so be it. You know, and, and you've seen some of this this week. I saw Jock Jones, an uh, interview with him, and uh, is it Kedron Smith? Is it Kedron Smith? The two guys that now are at Kentucky. Yeah, they were starters with Ole Miss. And talking about giving their team some help in terms of scouting reports on individual players on the team, what we like to do, all of those things. I just don't think those things are going to be huge deals in terms of giving Kentucky advantage. I think you'll see a game with Ole Miss in which they have play calling like they haven't had the first month. I think you'll see – I'm trying to think if it's going to be heavy run, heavy pass. And I don't really think it's going to matter a whole lot. I expect a game where they're going to be able to do most of what they want to do. And, you know, we could get the thing started and all of a sudden that ain't how it's planning out. And we're a quarter into this thing and doesn't look good. Yeah, then I'd be nervous. But it's just what I'm thinking right now. But we'll see. Hey, y'all be safe no matter what. Be safe traveling. Um, Watch for that NIL stuff later today in the press conference and all of that information that's coming out and enjoy your weekend. Always appreciate you guys. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Have a great week.